0: Welcome back to another fully engaged podcast episode of the Wild Edible World podcast.
1: I'm one of your hosts. My name is Michael. And I am Steve. We are out in nature once again. It's a beautiful but balmy uh, what is it? Wednesday solstice. Yeah, ooh solstice. Yeah, balmy
0: solstice. A wow. happy solstice, to everybody. So how fortuitous that we should come together upon this day. Honestly, it's pretty picturesque out here. Oh, it's the sunbeams coming through yeah. the leaves. Yeah,
1: no, it's that early early evening, early evening sunbeams coming mm-hmm. through the leaves, mm-hmm. and oh man, we got all sorts and all sorts of nature in front of us. The bugs aren't super gnarly. Oh yeah, yeah, they're not to that point yet. So that's great. The
0: flowers are blooming, the milkweed is supple, and the trees are fully leaved out. Give me more.
1: Tell me more.
0: (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're here to talk to you guys about milkweed today. Um, There's several different kinds. Mostly we'll be uh, referring to and tasting common milkweed. Um, The typical plant that you're going to find taking over vacant uh, farm areas and... Uh, in your neighborhood, pond areas, et cetera, et cetera. But there are a few different edible species. Sure. In general, uh, they grow pretty succulently, um, really thick tips, or really thick uh, stalks, rather, and they grow pretty quickly. So um, sh- the common milkweed can get anywhere between, I think, like five, six feet tall, depending on like the sun exposure and how happy it is. Sure. Uh, and it is a very aggressive colonizer, so oftentimes, you know, it's called a milkweed. Uh, we don't really like that word that much, but it is a weed. It grows like one, that's for sure. Yeah, big colonies, big groups. So you'll probably recognize that from its seeding pattern, its seed dispersal uh, rate, and how it, like, how many it makes, and how it's able to throw them across such long distances. Um, So I think milkweed is, uh, out out of all the things we've done so far, one of the more recognizable and I think most frequently encountered plants that people will know when we're talking about it. Definitely. But I think it's still worth describing a little bit how it can look from top to bottom. Um, it 's got these really awesome like broccoli like uh flower bud heads that open up to these really cool flowers that can be anywhere of a variety of different colors from pink to orange yeah. to uh white um, so uh beyond that the uh it's opposite leafing they kind of have a channeled stem a little bit but i what would you call it round or square?
1: Mm, a little, bit of, it's like a little a, bit of both, like a like a yeah. like a rounded edge square. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's yeah. So that's why I said it's not. It's kind of channeled or whatever. But yeah, it's somewhat square. Um, and then it has this really milky sap that uh, comes out of the plant anytime mm-hmm. you break the surface material. Sure. So um, that's probably also where it gets its name,
1: milk in the milkweed. That's exactly why it gets its name milk. Yeah. 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 That so rubber that latexy. Latex. Yeah. Latexy film um most people are going to associate milkweed with uh, monarchs of course i, I yeah. think that's the big one mm-hmm. the big name that people um people recognize and that's because it's uh like the host plant for uh a couple different species but monarchs like the most famous the most popular i guess mm-hmm. uh, just because of the huge migration from mexico to here to wherever the hell else they go it's also um, the state butterfly yeah yeah definitely of illinois so i wonder we, if anyone else is got that you know i wonder I if mean, there's a bunch of people with monarchs like probably just hogging all the states monarchs you know probably share the states <laughs> yeah jeez, what are you doing
0: um but so that latex is uh toxic honestly it's part of why the milkweed um uh, butterfly and caterpillar consume that plant um it is creating itself a toxic body that um, prevents it from being predated upon by other animals mm-hmm. um however it's on this show because it's a delicious vegetable as well. Yeah, absolutely. As long
1: as it's cooked,
0: uh, we got no probs. Yep. You know, Cooked with preparation. It's edible with preparation. Um, and that pre- preparation is honestly super, super easy. I have a pot of water boiling here off to the side mm-hmm. with just like a couple handfuls that I, or literally just one handful that I grabbed from a local park. Um, so, side note, always collect from places of uh, abundancy we sure. say that you know almost every single episode on this show but always make sure that you're not extracting resources from your environment but you're uh, you know you're with it you're a part of it yeah, um, absolutely. and that includes sharing the stuff that we find outside so um, I collected one or two buds from a couple plants that already had mature flowers and we're still developing new ones, and these are just in the perfect sh- stage, uh, like right before they're flowering.
1: Sure. But you can eat this plant in a variety of ways. Yeah. Uh, when they're young, you can eat the shoots. When the uh, when the leaves are still kind of clasped on that shoot is when they're best, when they're most tender. Um, but of course, like Michael said, you want to make sure you're only taking uh, what you're actually going to use, and then you know, saving some for the for the fellas, you know, for the for the butterflies and whatnot.
0: Yeah, and for a conservation note. Um, Whenever you are collecting the young shoots of the plant, uh, that is actually uh, in and of itself reciprocal harvesting because whenever you break that plant, it does create two new shoots right at that location. Um, It continues sprouting new growth, so it's actually providing younger plant growth later on in the season, which the caterpillars and the monarchs prefer. Yeah. So I would so it's able to like provide a longer host season as well. Yeah. Um as you know, also providing us really delicious and nutritious food. Um, so the entire, all those parts of the plants are edible prepared the same way. Uh, you can boil them for about five minutes mm-hmm. uh, or I prefer steaming them for
1: five minutes as well. So it's just needs that hot water interaction. For I've, seen, I've seen a couple different recipes where people take those, those buds that you have and almost like stir fry them, you know, Absolutely. So, I, so I guess if you had enough steam going on, that's going to sure. tenderize those a bit, yep, that would yep. be a, that would be a great option. Yep.
0: Yeah, and perhaps there's a different preparation for the flower buds themselves, um, Mm -hmm. because I know the flowers, I believe, are edible raw. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the buds are probably much safer. I like to steam them a little bit, but I don't cook them any further than that. So um, how we'll share them um, on the second part of the episode is just like a drizzle of hickory oil and salt, and that's really how I like sharing them and how I've enjoyed them for the most part. Are we going to do that koji salt? Uh, we could do the koji salt. We could d- shout out Wade from yeah. Fox Among Bears, uh, the koji wizard. Uh, we have. We'll, we're working on getting an episode from him yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I guess I still have some of that stuff in my bag. We could absolutely do that. Definitely, uh, like one one of each. I got some seaweed salt here too that we could Ooh, try out. That's a little bit a little fun. variety. Yeah, like so it. like kind of a, a throwback to Laurel and you know, a little bit of Oregon flavor with our central.
1: Uh, country milkweed but um so some I guess some identifying things right so yeah, yeah. you you, me- you mentioned the opposite leaves uh they're mm-hmm. they're obviously shoots they're very fuzzy yeah fuzzy undersides mm-hmm. of the leaves um a harvesting tip uh, a hollow stem is what you're looking for yep uh and that milky milky substance
0: sure uh there are like uh there aren't toxic lookalikes, but there are lookalikes that taste very bad. Sure. So, dogbane. Dogbane. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, which is an awesome plant in and of itself. Such it's such a an good plant. Incredible pollinator supporter, mm-hmm. and it's great for uh, fiber. Yeah. Cordage, uh, sure. cordage, exactly. Yeah. So. uh <sighs> I'm not. In, I'm not. The, the, the specifics on how to identify them at a young stage are are pretty freaking difficult. So the best thing you want to do is look in your, the surrounding environment and try to find the old dead stalks of last year's dogbane because they're going to. They and they look. Throughout their entire life, very similar yeah. except for um, dogbane typically has a very red stem. Very early on in the year, um, it's green, unfortunately, and then
1: it doesn't. It doesn't have a hollow stem.
0: It so does. Yeah, a, it's yeah. thick, but it also has that milky substance. Yeah. Um, but you're correct; it, it is filled in stem, um, and they set out secondary branches in yeah. between the leaves. So, so later on in the later, year, you can yeah. see yeah. that. Um, but and they don't pod. They do pod. They do. Dog they bait? do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're like long pods. But not like. Are we talking about the same thing? Yeah, I think so. Like the seed pods. We'll, we'll check that with the the hair the hairy substance. It's got like yeah they have fluffy seed dispersal. They have the same seed dispersal technology, yeah. um, which That's is part of why like the I've I've eaten dogbane. It sucks. Yeah, it super sucks, and it's not like again it's not toxic. So it's one of the safe pl- Safe times I've or I've felt safe making. A mistake like that. Normally, mm-hmm. I would never, sure. but um, I was pretty sure I had milkweed because I could see the stalks and the uh, some of them still had seed pods. They're longer, they're thinner, so I sure. thought it was swamp milkweed, ah. which has longer, thinner pods. Sure. And um, this was at a uh, like a retention pond area, so it was chip? very swampy. Did you cook them? Did you go through all the trouble? I cooked them, Fuck. and it was bitter, and sure. so I cooked them longer, oh, and no. they were still bitter, and it yeah. is like awfully bitter. Yeah. Um, so Alan Burgo, uh, the forager chef, has a whole story, a whole article on this. Um, I believe it's part of his milkweed article where he talks about making what he thought was milkweed soup. And it was dogbane soup.
1: Uh. And so,
0: and then he was like, but it's not toxic. They still forced it down. It was still, it tasted so bad. And they still like drank all the soup, Uh. uh, which I can, after tasting it, cannot imagine doing. Mm -hmm. It is like gag worthy bitter. It is (laughs) very, very bad. And I try to acclimate my palate towards bitter flavors a little bit more. I mean, I preach about that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So... That is a mistake you can make, but unfortunately, it's not that big of a deal. Um, just be wary of that. Milkweed does taste very good. Yeah. It's a very delicious vegetable. So I'm very um, excited
1: to give it a go here. Yeah, with bit. that,
0: we'll we'll take our break, and then when we come back, we'll we'll num- munch on some. Yeah, okay. sounds good.
1: I... What's wrong, buddy? Well, I just realized this mushroom supplement I bought isn't actually made with mushrooms. It's made with something called myceliated grain? Myceliated grain?
0: Oh, no! I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but myceliated grain is a sure sign of a poor quality mushroom supplement.
1: Well, dang. I wanted mushrooms, not brown rice. What should I do?
0: Well, you should support a small batch producer from right here in the Midwest. Kiwino Apothecary. Kiwino Apothecary? Tell me more. KiwiNaw Apothecary specializes in high-quality mushroom extracts from Michigan, and they always use real mushrooms, never, never, never myceliated grain.
1: That sounds like exactly what I've been looking for. Where can I order? Well, you can find them at
0: Kiwinawapothecary.etsi.com. That's K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W-Apothecary.etsy.com.
1: Be sure to read their many excellent reviews. Thanks, buddy. I don't want no low-quality mushroom products from a factory. I want KiwiNaw Apothecary. Wowie, wow!
0: Oh, hey, Steve.
1: Oh, hey, Mike. Well, what's wrong, buddy? Well, I I just got this new water bottle, but it just looks so plain. Well, have I got the store for you. Introducing the Wild Edible World Podcast Merch Store. Wowie wow! wow.
0: It's the merch store where you can get all of your favorite podcasts merch for all your
1: decorating purposes. How do I find that?
0: Go to wildedibleworldpod.shopify.com or go to any of our Instagram and media accounts and view the link in the bio.
1: Wowie wow!
0: back from our break on the wild edible world thanks for coming back with us welcome back we missed you so much so we have some milkweed here to taste uh i have this garnished with a little bit of hickory nut oil which is from foragers harvest that is sam thayer's um online store basically i think they have a storefront too but uh yeah you can get a bunch of really cool shit from there but this is one of my favorite one of my favorite products of theirs, the hickory nut oil, and then a little bit of seaweed salt. Um, we've already had one, so yeah, these are started semi-genu- <laughs> semi-genuine reactions. Right <laughs> off the bat, there's almost like a buttery flavor to them.
1: That hickory nut oil is outrageous. Yeah, man. I love it. Not that the milkweed buds aren't equally outrageous, yeah. but it does. It gives it like a buttery texture. Yeah. So yeah, they're kind of. Um, Damn that seaweed salt,
0: right? Fuck, <laughs> I know, and it's kind of funny a concept to me too because it's just like salty salt. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. <laughs>
0: but salt
1: I, of the sea. Yeah, if it's like <laughs> okay, that's
0: kind of redundant, but it is quite delicious. Um, I'm gonna have one more,
1: yeah, maybe, maybe all right. Yeah,
0: why not? Um, so people like to compare it to broccoli. Um, I would say the texture is of well cooked broccoli, but the flavor. As milkweed.
1: The I flavor is it's for sure on it's, like its own. like po- vegetal popcorn? I don't know. It reminds me of something. Right? It's like um It's almost like a like if like broccoli hung out with corn for too long and had a little oh, bit of that sweetness, oh, you know? Yeah. Like but it's oh man, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I should probably think of better description, better buzzwords for all you you restaurant folk out no, there, no, same, then. yeah. Sizzle words, sizzle uh, words. <laughs> that's what we used to say at Applebee's. Okay, fuck, fuck Applebee's, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, this stuff is delicious. Yeah, those are
0: delicious. Uh, my favorite way to use them is just as like a normal vegetable side, like sure, across from a pork chop. You got me in heaven. And then, uh, I mean, baseball, you could put them in, you could make a really interesting vegan tacos with this, I think, too. Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, The the texture of that is just
0: unique. Got a lot of bite to it, um, Mm -hmm. but it's soft and giving, but um, full flavored. I would say, so that's not the, as we discussed earlier, that's not the only edible part of the milkweed. Um, After the flowers, you're going to have the seed pods, right? And so a lot of people are familiar with eating the seed pods, too. Yeah. Um, I've never had that. They're really fun, so we'll have to eat that too. Yeah, late um, and probably a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the the way milkweed pods look, they have that kind of uh, as uh, ribbing, I guess, <laughs> or uh, They're studded. They're studded. They're jeweled. Yeah. Um. So they have these little kind of edges to them. Uh. But they are these nice succulent pods, and the uh, the rule of thumb that you want to get for the milkweed pods, the seed pods, is one and a half to two inches big. Um, So size is not necessarily the rule for milkweed pods Mm because obviously there are going to be some small ones later on in the season. There's also some massive. And there's going to be some massive ones that only grow that big in like a day or two. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really kind of checking the uh, uh, development of the seeds on the inside. Sure. So as long as you have like perfect silky white uh, everything on the inside, yeah. You're not. You don't have seeds that have developed. Correct. Yeah, the, like the actual full seeds. And at that point, if the seeds have developed, you can use the pod as a really cool uh, vessel. Yeah. So you can take the seeds out and then blanch the seed pods and then you know make a like a jalapeno popper or something like stuff them with cream cheese and that way you can get something sizable um, but unfortunately you're missing out on all that silky goodness on the inside whenever it is undeveloped and sure. it's really immature it's like it's like the coolest vegan cheese you've ever had
1: get out of here i swear it what is does, what does the actual pod taste like like the the husk of the pod the, the outer portion
0: uh like green beans
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So, kind of green beanie, a touch of bitterness, kind of like the um, flower heads. But the, uh, yeah, it's really all about that kind of creamy inner uh, silk. It's really interesting. I
1: didn't taste any bitterness, but maybe that's the salt. So,
0: I had one of the biggest ones. So, that was just like, ah, that could have cooked maybe. 30 seconds to a minute more sure. those um, are
1: perfectly that, cooked by the way for having like a little camp stove thank those, you. that shit was delicious
0: <laughs> yeah so i just had them on that's how easy this is folks though i mean that's i have a camp stove a pot of water a steaming basket i just grabbed all this stuff from my apartment brought it out here and we're in the middle of the woods cooking milkweed yeah um just steamed it for five i think it was like on the edge of six minutes But like I said, one of them was a bit bigger, so that just like I was on the cusp of it. But thank you. I'm glad you liked
1: it. Yeah, those are great.
0: Um, How I like to cook the milkweed pods is you can slice them up into little discs. Sure. And that's really fun uh, to, like, bread and fry that way. Or you can just saute them Mm -hmm. um, after blanching them first, of course. So you want to do that with the pods for sure. Uh, And honestly, they're good whole as well, breaded and fried. Oh, uh, pickled? No, Y'all pickled milkweed pods, insane. Very popular ingredient um, that I feel like I've had several times a year because I go to the Midwest Wild Harvest Festival and I go to the Great Lakes Foragers Gathering. I did not expect them to be a part of our meals at the Great Lakes Foragers Gathering, but they were an ingredient in one of the meals. And I was like, ooh, dang. I think it was a curry. It was in Mm -hmm. a curry. So... Uh, yeah, blast me into space. I love curry. So. I know. I was. I just noticed that I have green curry ingredients in the cabinet, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of how I can make. Honestly, I could probably make like a milkweed flower bud green curry.
1: For sure. How fire would that be? Yeah, that would be so delicious, my guy. And then once the pods get a little bit older, they have plenty of uses, not just edibly, but uh, we have a we have a, a observer here today watching our recording. <laughs> uh, just by chance, um, what was your name? Matt Mick, Mac, Matt, okay, Matt told us uh when he's out you know hunting or, or doing his thing, he uses the the actual seed mm-hmm. seed pod, so the older seed pod of a milkweed uh plant is you know brown and and tough on the exterior, and that's you know you know that the seeds are ready to go once you throw those like it's almost feathery texture uh seed pods, and it's it's amazing how well they carry mm-hmm. and how you can see every little bit of the wind. Oh, the you know? slightest bit. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's another great use for mm-hmm. uh, for the seed pods there. If you're not, if, if you catch them too late to eat them, good
0: fire starting as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, but yeah, honestly, so there's probably uh, we should should have looked up like how many seeds there are per just head, lot, but just a bunch. There's a ton, <laughs> <laughs> one metric bunch. So you can easily, um, if you are interested in trying this out as a food source um, and also supporting your local pollinators, it is so easy to just grab one pod, one mature pod on a plant and have a whole garden full of milkweed next year Um, and that way you've planted it you know for sure that it's not going to be bitter Mm -hmm. terrible tasting dogbane um but uh yeah it's easy super easy to propagate just make sure that it's got like kind of good full sun and a little bit of water it doesn't (laughs) survive in the driest of dry spots
1: but it loves the sun yeah that's what that's actually a great like uh, scouting tip for this is mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it it likes the uh like open fields and you know uh edges of edges of forests it's not going to uh it's not going to um it's not going to be on in the under canopy you know like of of a forest yeah it, it'll be more out in the open
0: absolutely on the edges of the prairies or the yeah. full prairie itself sure. um uh, I find I the ones I collected today were uh, nearby a local pond, so they were intentionally planted, I believe. Sure. Um, but definitely, uh, so yeah, Matt with the assist here had uh, 226 seeds in each pod. Wow. So uh, uh, on an average, so it's very it's uh, a lot of milkweed Very
1: productive, very that's a, that's productive. A little little lot of plant. delicious buds next year. Seriously. Speaking of ne- next year, uh, milkweed actually uh, is. Biannual well not not biannual with the seed its seed production, but it doesn't it most likely unless you have a primo spot isn 't going to flower that next year that second year is when it starts to kick in with the flowers um, and it, this is just stuff that I figured while we were what I was researching but um milkweed pot they, so you want to give yourself a little bit of time before those monarchs come to set in, so mm-hmm. you want that plant to get established because they are just ravenous you know oh, yeah. they'll eat it down to like a main stem and and <laughs> and nothing in in you know overnight a, a day or two uh, they they have just voracious appetites because they you know t- trying to fly back to mexico yeah don't you want to go to mexico uh yeah yeah, I do. I've better, never been. Better start eating some milkweed, bud. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so, building up my energy.
1: <laughs> but an established plant, a plant that's been there for a long time or that has at least had you know that time to get established, can, can get eaten down to those nubs and still grow back the mm. next year, still do great, uh, great things. So, yeah, n- another tip. Give, nice. give yourself some time if you're purchasing it from a native plant sale uh-huh. or something along those lines. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Give it some time. Um, With that, oh, I want to mention one more thing that we need to make sure that you check the undersides of the leaves and the buds that you're collecting for any, um, you know, just make sure that you're especially checking them thoroughly for any sort of plants, or, uh, sorry, insects. (laughs) You're looking for the plant. Uh, But uh, the milkweed eggs, they lay them on the underside of the leaves. So if you are collecting the early sprouts, um, make sure that, uh, you know, you're just checking those leaves real quick. For monarch eggs, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, that's totally what I meant to say. Um, and then you also have the milkweed beetles that can be up, up, all up in your flower buds. So sure. um, check for those, because they are kind of a nuisance, but they are an important pollinator and a native species, and uh, this is one of the host plants for them. It's a host plant for many, many species of insects. Um, monarch is just, like, the most banging one.
1: Yeah, and if you don't know what a monarch egg looks like, google it you little goose
0: google it they're really really small they're light green they're super tiny, 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 super tiny, super tiny. Yeah. so yeah it's definitely look that up if that's something you should be concerned about so with that i think we'll close out our second half of the episode and wish you all a very a very milky weed yeah and a happy solstice and we love you guys, and thanks so much for listening to the show. We have a lot of cool merch coming your way. And some hot sauce. We have some hot sauce that we are getting prepared to release for you guys. Uh, I have almost annihilated an entire bottle by myself. It is very, very good. It is a fermented ramp hot sauce, medium heat. Um, so for all our baby sauce enjoyers, unfortunately, you're just, gonna have to just level up down
1: a little bit. Yeah, level up. Well, honestly,
0: and then here's the thing: Here, make yourself a little aioli. Or all right, if I can get on the soapbox a little bit about the hot sauce, right, it's actually great with food. So mix it into like a breakfast burrito. You're. You're going to get all that rampy funk and a little bit of that truffle salt to it. Uh, It's a really awesome complex sauce. Just when it's like, you know, tasting it, it's super zippy. But mixed with food, it really kind of mixes very, very, very well. So if you like hot sauce, but you're still a mild sauce enjoyer, I would suggest you definitely try it. Um, But it's not for sale yet. Just reach out to us and we'll try to figure out how we can get it to you. If you hear this soon... Um, we'll still sell it to you, so we'll, we'll work on a real ad for it soon. But yeah, we we'll love we'll you guys it to
1: you somehow. That's for sure. Bye bye.